Welcome and thanks for listening. My name is Christian Buckley, founder and CEO of Collab Talk. You're listening to the Collab Talk podcast. In this episode, recorded at SharePoint Saturday Twin Cities on May 6, 2017, I was joined by Jeff Teeper, Corporate Vice President of SharePoint and OneDrive at Microsoft, and Dean Swan, Director of Product at Unlimited Viz and Tigraph. We discussed the state of the SharePoint community, as well as the growing importance of hybrid SharePoint. All right. Well, this is Christian Buckley uh, with uh, founder and uh, CEO of Collab Talk, and I'm sitting here at SharePoint Saturday Twin Cities. Dean Swan to my right, who is head of product at Tigraph and Unlimited Viz, and we're sitting here with Jeff Taper, CVP over SharePoint and uh, OneDrive. Thanks for joining. I'm glad to be here. It's exciting to be back in uh, mm. in Minneapolis. Oh, yeah. uh, that's I don't get out here enough because they keep. I blame Wes Preston, but he keeps. Uh, they keep scheduling at the same time in the fall as our SharePoint Saturday Redmond events, mm. which I ran for seven years. So they said that's why they have this spring event. They do, <laughs> they do it twice a year, I, just so you could have that. not yeah. not have an excuse to there miss the main one. That's right. Yeah, I think it was the. There was a year where they had it on my daughter's graduation. Uh, that was not good. I think there was another time where it hit like a family members, I don't know, something else family related going on, but uh, I need to coordinate better with Wes on that, so. But let's just do, uh, to kick things off here. Um, so we are going to, we're gonna do this audio for the podcast here, but we're sure. also gonna record a, a short video in the, in the middle of this. But let's talk about the community. You talked a little bit, Jeff, this morning about the growth of the, the community. I mean, what's the perspective of inside Microsoft of what's happening out these crazy people? Yeah, we're incredibly fortunate to have this community. As we think about our mission, I talked about it in the keynote this morning, that is we strive to empower every organization and person on the planet. Part of how we do that is deliver tools like mm -hmm. SharePoint and Office 365, but a big part of it is how we foster a community where people can network, can learn, get new ideas. And we've really, it's a strong word, but we're really blessed mm -hmm. with the way that SharePoint communities prospered over the last 10 plus years. And it's been fun to reconnect and come to these. I've probably been to about 10 in the last you know, 12, 18 months. You've been a lot, at a lot of them. Yeah. And yeah, it's great. Very and, visible. Of course, and, you've been cherry picking. I saw you were yeah. in Paris. Yes. That's mm. how rough for you. Yes, yeah. yes. But um, <laughs> you know, I've been to Nashville, which is okay. also an amazing yeah. city, LA. Mm -hmm. And so the community, I think the thing that makes SharePoint special is that it's not just a technical product where IT people worry about provisioning it for their users. It is one where people, it gets to the core of how a company is trying to get work done, how people mm -hmm. are collaborating, what are the mm -hmm. business processes. And so it opens up the opportunities for people working with it to figure out how to engage their employees, how to define workflows, how to come up with a modern internet that stitches their company together. And so people come to these events and share ideas about how to manage all that and mm -hmm. create it. And it's our job to sort of nurture that come up with enough new stuff for everybody to talk about. Mm -hmm. So there's a reason to, to come to all the sessions. There's, you know, this is one of the biggest ones. They've got 40 sessions on a Saturday. I think this is now officially yeah. the biggest one yeah. in the world. I think there's, I don't know what the numbers are today. They had well over 750 registrations. Yeah. Registrations, yeah. And I know that yeah. they usually have at least on site here, five to 600 yeah, people. Yeah. So it's it's huge. And it's 
Yeah, it's 65 degrees. It's sunny out. And we're looking out this window. Hundreds it's beautiful. of people are here <laughs> on a Saturday to learn about. Or at least we should be in shorts, I guess. Yeah. But. Yeah, it, it was funny is that, I, so I'll, we've often said that uh, a lot of the community, it was actually started because of like the lack of documentation. So there's just like, it was driven by the need, people coming together to help each other early on, and then it just kind of took off. Yeah, I was really pleased to see you highlight the SharePoint community as such, because, you know, I think of the rest of the Microsoft ecosystem, I just can't point to one that uh, creates the kind of nicknames. Uh, the yeah. SharePoint, we've got yeah. the SharePoint Hillbilly, we've got right. the, uh, I mean, there's everybody just SharePoint. SharePoint yep, is another great one. Yeah. Uh, but we have people that just jump in and, like you said, you know, for free on these Saturdays doing this incredible event around SharePoint and really sharing knowledge, and, and uh, it's quite an experience. Yeah. The way we think about it is that it's a catalyst for a lot of the other things we do. So when we're coming out with something like groups and how to connect mm -hmm. SharePoint to Outlook or Teams, uh, when we're launching a brand new set of tools like Power Apps and Flow, yeah. rather than create a brand new community for that, the SharePoint mm -hmm. communities, people will come to these sessions, learn about Power Apps and Flow, mm -hmm. take it back to their companies. And so part of our role is to help introduce people to the okay. breadth of the well, that's actually, it's funny, it's like being a technology evangelist for an ISV for a number of years is part of my job was out there in the community just being kind of neutral, observing, talking to people, getting feedback, and then taking that back to my product team. And uh, there were, I mean, there's, look, Microsoft's a big company, and there were always some managers, uh, some leaders on the, on the product team that were better at it than others, and you have that. There's, look, there's, there are some people that are in engineering that are not people people they're you know you get a blend it's, busy. Yeah. it's hard to ship software yeah. right. so we get heads down and, and right. we sometimes For forget sure. how lucky we are but, with the customers but one thing that. i would say that microsoft has done better over the last two years and i think it, it, it and i know that with the you know moving from the yammer communities over to the to, to the microsoft tech community site mm -hmm. that i'm often amazed at compared to you know five seven years ago how quickly Microsoft people respond to questions and things that are out there. I mean, it's, so the documentation has gotten better, the response rate to those yeah. things. And I know there's, there's always the effort to drive people to, look, that feedback is appropriate for user voice. Please go use yeah. user mm -hmm. voice so that Microsoft knows officially and can get people like that response rate on that. But that, and I know, having talked to some of these individuals, that there are people that are, it's part of their jobs, they're measured on, the, the fact that they're out there and participating in yeah. the forums and things that are out there. And so that's that's great. Now, looking forward to the, the May 16th event that's coming yeah. up, similar to what we did last year with the May, May the 4th event, which was, you know, the, the better date. You know, yeah. <laughs> Although today, the 6th, it's the Revenge of the 6th. So, ah, yeah. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, yeah this year we, uh, <laughs> for reasons that'll be apparent, uh, we wanted to be after build. And okay. so that's why we couldn't do it. On so we got build yep. next week going on. That's great. I know that. So we've got uh, you know the announcements and things that will come out there. But you know maybe some of the the areas of focus, like looking at. Let's talk more about over the last year. What you focused on, what you saw transpire over the year. Anything change about what you thought yeah. you would do based on what's happened? Yeah, some things did. Sort of stepping back, I one. We felt we needed to have a moment to communicate sort of the next bold era of SharePoint. Mm. You know, SharePoint was doing great, you know, rapid adoption, Office 365. But, you know, when we talked to people 18 months ago, 
there, you know, they asked us, like, wow, you guys were always the sort of crazy ones who were pushing the envelope of, of, of what a product could do. And so where's your, your bold vision? And I, you know, I talked about when I, sort of, I came back into the team, Satya asked us to sort of really lean in the cloud and mobile and mm -hmm. intelligence. Mm -hmm. And so we felt like because we had this inflection and because we were going to ship software in the cloud in some ways, an overwhelming mm -hmm. rate, we needed to have a roadmap day, if you will, where we sort of reset the simple strategy and we started to communicate what was coming. So May, we announced some stuff, we started shipping, but it was really Ignite was the moment where right. it sort of all came yep. out. Similarly, this year we'll do the same thing, where May will update the roadmap. It won't be a, perhaps as much of a reset as last year. It will be more. It will be a hundred percent a build on as opposed to mm -hmm. changing things, uh, and then we'll start shipping things. And so we we felt like we needed a moment where we said we're really leaning in cloud first, mobile first, intelligence. Mm -hmm. And I sort of went through, and I, at the May 16th event, I'll sort of recap, but the big things were reminding people, SharePoint's about the internet, internet's are made mm -hmm. of team sites, publishing sites, and business apps. We tie them all together, mm -hmm. consistent platform, consistent search technology. In some ways, it's the same thing we've been saying for 10 years, except in a very modern way. Mm -hmm. And then one of the things we heard, and we really got simpler, we, I think we did an okay job on May of last year, but you know, really, and you saw it in the keynote this morning, and we'll we'll use those exact two slides in the May 16th event, mm -hmm. is every group gets SharePoint. So it's yeah. not groups versus SharePoint or right. teams versus SharePoint. You know, SharePoint is docs and lists and content and apps. Yeah. And so every group, small group, large group, social, email, chat, you know, they all, SharePoint, they get that. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that was one of the, we told that story in May. One of the things I learned is that we needed to make it even simpler, just how we told it. And so that was one thing. And then the, the complimentary part was OneDrive, where every individual, just like every group gets SharePoint, every individual get OneDrive. It connects to all their files. And so one thing I learned was you know, making sure we were simple, telling the story. The other is because we were shipping so much stuff so fast, we had to make sure we were giving people a heads up and I think sometimes yeah, we did yeah. a, sometimes mm -hmm. we did a good job of that and yeah. said hey this is coming you'll see this in 6 weeks and then it'll be in first release and right. then you'll be able to roll it out other times you know maybe we we skipped a step and so I think we got better in the last few months but well may I say one thing yeah. that changed too was uh, the when you came back into the role and and came to that that MVP summit. Um, one of the things yeah, that, at the yeah. beginning of that, I mean, that was a great indication of that. Was like, well, look, there's a bunch of things we don't know yet. And I'm, I'm yeah. not going to go into any NDA stuff, obviously. Yeah. But you know, but I th really appreciated that where you said, look, we're, there's things that we just are not sure about yet, and some things that we've made decisions on, but we are going to, we're going to show you instead what we're thinking currently. We're going to do the open the kimono versus the, that and get the, the feedback. And and look, I, and I understand that's a that's a smaller audience there, but you have some of the most passionate SharePoint people that are sure. you know in that room around that. But it was great to see what you're thinking and then be able to provide that feedback, that input. And I mean, so I, I go back to the second part of that, my initial question was, is there anything that really kind of evolved or changed since that May the yeah. 4th event that you, that maybe went in a slightly different direction because of that feedback? Yeah, I think there was a couple things. One is we were excited about Power Apps and Flow. Mm -hmm. And as we dug into yeah. it, we got more and more excited. So we amped up our investment there as we went. And you've seen some things this year yeah. already, and you'll see some more. The other, so that was sort of a plus where we did even more than you know we have expected. 
The place where we did a bit less intentionally is we doubled down last year on the team collaboration sites and you know, the work to make sure every group gets a site mm-hmm. to make the experience streamlined, to connect it to teams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we did more there, but less on sort of what you'd consider portal or publishing sites. Mm-hmm. And you rem- at the MVP summit, I had sort of the secret NDA event before uh-huh. I had, we had some intentions of doing a bit more with portal sites. And over the course of the year, we said, no, let's really, we got to get the collaboration site and the underlying SharePoint framework, right? And now you'll see soon the things we're doing sort of for more, you know, sort of outreach publishing right. portal type destinations. And I'm, you know, I'm really proud of the work that we'll show in a couple of weeks and, and sort of that people will see. But uh, we shifted the mix to really finish the team collab stuff mm-hmm. as opposed to do a little bit on team collab and a little bit on publishing. And so we changed the sequencing just a bit. You know, I, I mean, I'm just the, the model of uh, focusing on getting something re- done really well and then moving yeah. on to other pieces. I mean, that's what, you know, smaller companies have to go and do. But you, know, you, you think of, you know, the size of Microsoft and, hey, there's all these resources. But I mean, even Microsoft has to go in and look at, I'm going to use the word telemetry of mm-hmm. what's being used and sure. what, where, where the feedback is and where you can go, you know, are the right places in the right time yeah. and making those investments anyway. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's one of the fun parts of the job, but every quarter we get together for two days and look at all the reviews of the teams and we yeah. and we talk about their sequence and and uh, I think we've yeah I think we've done a good job we've uh, shipped I can't think of a year where we've shipped more things so yeah uh, this year will be even bigger and one of the things that Christian touched on that I, I really think should be said is you know it really feels like Microsoft is improving their change management practices and bringing the customer along on the journey yeah it sure sure feels that way and, yeah. and I know that's something yeah uh, partners appreciate as well no, we're we're definitely with the events like our May events the roadmap mm-hmm. and first release we are working hard to do better there we would still be empathetic that this is still a change for for people who've been used to I had a year to digest some new f- functionality from a technology vendor, mm-hmm. and a year to build a ro- rollout plan. You're now asking me. You know, one of the things is an example that people have loved. That response has been amazing, but it's kind of overwhelming. Is Teams? Yeah. Certainly, um, absolutely. We are thrilled. You know, the feedback and the adoption of Teams is incredible. Both people connecting to existing SharePoint sites mm-hmm. and making new SharePoint sites when they go create Teams. And I've talked to a lot of IT companies who said hey, I wish this had been beta for a year so I could understand it and have my plan, and you know, I kind of want to slow it down. And some companies will a little bit, but I think the reality of the business world and the technology world today is that people, because you're spending less time installing and managing yeah. servers and, and you're getting new value in the cloud from us and other vendors, it means you can sort of be more forward about transforming to adopt yeah. new technologies. But at the same time, we would say something like Power Apps or Teams, when it ships connected to SharePoint, you know, people do say, wait, I, yeah, I really mm. want to study that for six months first. Yeah. I think that's a long gone luxury is that yeah. year to, you know, to digest. And Well, that was even feedback, though, at the, that was brought up at that that MVP summit was that being able to kind of throttle some of the new features. And there's a difference between like security patches, those kinds of things, versus, hey, a brand new feature is coming out. And sometimes it feels like to somebody who might own, you know, 2,500 desktops, hey, I need time to 
to digest and just to have the support materials ready for my employees to go and use this thing. And so there, you know, that was like a, you know, it's been a, a discussion in the last year about, which is kind of funny, I mean, knowing the history of Office 365 of, hey, Microsoft's not moving fast enough. Now the complaint is, yeah. now it's all yeah. moving so fast. Yeah. It's too fast. The irony, yeah. 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 And we yeah. will, if everyone said we were not, our pace was just right, we'd be going too slow. Yeah, so, yeah. I think that's yeah. 100% right. right. And you know, when you think about teams too, part of the team's philosophy is working out loud. And in order to do that, you need to just do it, right? Yeah. There's there's really not a study period. Well, that, that you just go pipe. do it. That is the yeah, data. No, I, yeah. I talked to the CIO of a Fortune 50 company the other day, and he said exactly that, that he was going to delay the team's usage. And then for different business groups that had technology savvy people in them said we need this and we need this now yeah, and it'd be crazy for us to set up a separate office 365 tenancy to just do right. that and you know so the cio said look we're you're pushing us out of our comfort zone we we're here to ask you a couple of questions about governance but then we're going to go right. yeah there you go you know what's funny is I, so i just uh, i just wrote an article for the 16th event on uh, turning off sharing in OneDrive, <laughs> and just like just that little that topic of like to understand because because I hear people saying, well, we don't want this kind of behavior, we want to be able to go in and control that, right. and I really just kind of went in and said, look, if you do that, it's like turning off email, right? right. Exactly, yeah, right. you can wreak a lot of havoc. Yeah. With but that's email. The, the whole yeah. point is like all these other features that you think that is like, hey, but I still want that. It's like no, that's enabled because of that capability. Yeah. But that's where you're starting to see it. It's it's even difficult to see. And I always use the, the Palmolive ad, you know, and, yeah. and Imag is the experience. Like, you're soaking right it. It's like, how much, you know, there's SharePoint, the interface that I go in and I'm using my team site here, versus how much SharePoint's being consumed by the other workloads within Office 365, that it's it's behind when you're sharing, when you're saving content into Yammer, when you're doing things, when you're interacting with SharePoint and Yammer and other, uh, and Teams, and it's using OneDrive, when, yeah. you know, kind of all those things that they're a lot of people, interrelated. And this is just great, a lot of people use SharePoint from within the Windows File Explorer, connected to OneDrive, and exactly. just right. think Every they're day, working exactly. with their Explorer on a map drive, and right. it's not, Using our full glory, but you know it is <laughs> muscle memory for a set of people, which is great. I just had yeah. an experience with somebody who who said, "Well, the link that you sent me to this file is like the link is died." I'm like, "Right." Because that's on my my little company club talk. Like that's a secure internal thing I shared out. It's that's the policy. One day the link, and then it's like that's it. If you yeah. didn't use it, then you come back and ask me, which is yeah. how it's supposed to yeah. work. And yeah. there's you, a reason for that. You hit on a frustration, Jeff. That's a topical for me. Is you know people forget all the havoc that they can wreak with right. other technologies. Yeah. You know, email's one of them. You know, so shutting off certain features is uh, is a frustrating yeah. experience. And so we'll give you controls and you know mobile device management, two-factor right. off, yeah. conditional access, audit reports. Right. So yeah, if you want to go in, and of course people should be able to say, a sensitive document was shared, can I see the history of all the yeah. events around that document? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, like yeah. something that, you know, Dean, uh, the Tygraph you know, looked at, of the, like uh, the, the concern about the proliferation of group creation and needing right. to put some controls in place. And maybe not, you don't want to say no to people like you can't go and do that because you know, you as an admin in your org may not understand the reasoning, which are, is fine for this other organization that's doing it, but having other ways of going in there and cleaning up that process and helping organize yeah. and reconstruct those things. Yeah. Funny story there, on the same day I met with two companies, both pharmaceutical companies, one told me they 
uh, we're turning back on self-service site creation because we've made it simpler now in Office 365 mm -hmm. to classify sites and so mm -hmm. forth. And they said, you know, we tried for a few years in SharePoint to sort of understand our company's hierarchical org chart, but mm. more importantly, our logical org chart, you know, That's the right. various mm -hmm. drug development projects and so forth. And we would try to be the gatekeeper and have IT people say, well, this is project X and this is project Y and we're mm -hmm. going to create a space for them. And yeah, they just gave up. They said, we're just going to turn it on. People know how they want to work. We'll educate them a little bit to, you know, on naming con conventions and so forth. And periodically we'll search and sort of clean the thing up. And then we saw, I met with another company who said, wow, we've got a lot of SharePoint sites. We're going to be the gatekeeper and make sure we just find the structure of how teams collaborate in the company. And so I hoped they'd ran into each other in the hallway. Yeah, that's right. Because, you know, this is a very real problem. You're sort of, on the one hand, if you have an organization with thousands of people, they are going to create overlapping groups. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, if you have IT decide who and how works together, it's not very realistic in, in large, more virtual organizations. Mm -hmm. Well, if we jump over to now the so the hybrid yeah. topic. So, yeah. I mean, hybrid is something that, uh, you know, again, because we're talking about histories and now you're working with uh, environments back in the early 2000s that were just starting to adopt some of the early versions of software as a service and joining what was the Microsoft managed uh, solutions or services, depending on who you ask, or MMS, which became BPOS, which became Office 365, and all of that. I wanted to ask you, Jeff, like your perspective on the history of hybrid as it pertains to the, the space. I mean, when, when I joined Microsoft in 2006, I mean, no one was talking about using the word hybrid right. around that. And it was those that were, I think, part of the, you know, ahead of the, uh, the, the movement that were really passionate and understood the value prop of moving these, their infrastructure to the cloud. That's who we were working yeah, with yeah. initially. You know, so what's the, your perspective on yeah, no, it's hybrid great. discussion? Uh, when we didn't fully appreciate it when we were getting started. We thought of what you now think of as hybrid as sort of this temporary migration state. Mm -hmm. We're in the process of moving your company's email to the cloud. Of course, we won't shut down 50,000 email inboxes one day on premises and open them up the next day in the cloud or 50,000 team sites. And so we did think, how can we have this migration state work? Mm -hmm. And that's you know how we thought about it back 10 years ago. And for Exchange, for the most part, that is how companies work. Although there are some companies that said, we do want some people's mailboxes on premises for a longer period until they got comfortable with security mm -hmm. controls or mm -hmm. data residency things and, and uh, so forth. But for SharePoint, because SharePoint's more of a platform than Exchange, we got into this issue of you know, really two things. One, there were some sites or applications where data residency mm -hmm. and custom code was really the driver. And the other was people said, look, I don't, I'm happy to move most of the stuff or net new things, mm. but I don't really want to touch this site that just works until I have, you know, in two years I'm going to get budget to revamp it to right. address mm -hmm. some new new business requirements. Because the value out of the investments that have already been made, and it yeah. is a natural you know transition time. And I think that goes with the Bill Bear quote. Right. You know, yeah. We we were talking earlier about uh, a quote that Bill Bear made uh, 
senior product manager at your company, and I love it. It's you know bring the cloud to your business as you move your business to the cloud. Yeah. And I think that's really appropriate. There's this transitional phase that a lot of companies are finding themselves in, and it's an appropriate time to ask a question. I think around partner opportunities yeah. mm-hmm. for uh, for hybrid. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, in migration and governance, uh, in partner services, things that are consulting more than just mm-hmm. package product. We published a good case study on Microsoft's own internal switch to hybrid, mm-hmm. which is very much right. like what our yes. customers went through, where yeah. you see the graph where the percent in the cloud kept growing. You know, the 70,000 generic team sites were relatively straightforward to move, but mm-hmm. order magnitude 250 sort of portal-like applications, our finance portal, our HR portal, our Infopedia portal. Infopedia was the SharePoint portal that went out to tens of thousands of salespeople Mm -hmm. at Microsoft. Mm -hmm. It didn't make sense to just lift and shift that, if you will, to SharePoint Mm -hmm. Online. We wanted to rewrite it to make it faster and easier to use, and and Mm -hmm. so they targeted their next rev of it on SharePoint Online. So we we did that, and then sort of going back to the partner opportunities, Mm Your partners are out there helping customers with, are you just going to move all this stuff right away? Are you going to migrate the data? Are you going to rewrite the application? Uh, How are you going to govern this stuff? And, you know, again, some IT departments have a lot of resources for that and Mm -hmm. want to be self-sufficient. And others uh, realize that they should be focused on the business side of uh, the technology partnership with their company internally and, and rely on partners for solutions for governance and migration mm-hmm. and, and uh, it's been great. I think the it's interesting this whole partner question because on the one hand companies will sometimes say gee by going to the cloud I don't have to pay partners as much yeah. you're just mm-hmm. going to do it. On the other hand people have realized okay now that I'm getting all this functionality from Microsoft I'm using Office 365 and Azure, and I'm getting machine learning, and I'm getting Teams. Mm-hmm. Wow, you know, I'm really, I want to leverage what I'm paying for yes. and, and <laughs> engage my employees and excite them and say, here's yeah. what we could do. And so they're going back to not so much paying partners to deploy the server. They maintain uh, it, keep but, servers running but, and performing. But yeah. partners to do the more interesting and higher value job of just staying current on this right. stuff and saying, hey, come in and explain to me governance in Office 365, app building and, and power apps, um, machine learning, mm-hmm. uh, IoT kinds of applications in Azure. And so our partners, who were a little worried initially that the cloud yeah. was going to remove installation revenue, which it did, yeah. and companies who said, I don't want to pay somebody to install the software anymore, a new opportunity, which is much higher value for everybody, it's higher value for the partner and higher mm-hmm. value for the IT organization mm-hmm. about absorbing what they're, what's the capabilities that are out there and translating it to the users. One, they've already paid for it. And two, if they don't, some other company in their industry is going to go right. embrace whatever the latest thing from Microsoft or Google or Amazon or Salesforce right. or any of the other companies out there. And so you should embrace our partner ecosystem to stay on the cutting edge. Yeah, the way you uh, explain that, the way I, I love this phrase, they used to pay consultants to explore, and now what you're saying is the companies want the consultants to help them exploit right. those yeah, features. Yeah, I think that, that's well, a great uh, way well, to put it. And that's yeah. the, uh, but that's the, uh, so instead of you know paying people to just keep things, the servers, the yeah. lights on, it's just the maturity of an organization that has, once you've got that under, uh, you know, uh, handled, is, uh, and, and your comfort level is there, that it's secure, and some kind of all those things, is then to go and say, okay, 
now we have all this data and we're capturing even more. What's incredible yeah. too is the rate of data capture that's yeah. happening. The, yeah. What is it now? The, is, is something like a, like a petabyte a day or something yeah. that in, uh, you know, it's just massive. But is then what do we do with this data that we're yeah. capturing? You know, if you talk to the companies that are on the other side of this cloud transition, they don't have to spend their IT budget on patching servers anymore. Right. Right. They can spend that budget what in whatever mix of their internal staff they have and the partners they bring in on much more interesting, exciting, high value work. And that, yeah, and this is not just small, medium businesses. This is some of the largest, and we'll show this in the May 16th event, yeah. some of the largest enterprises in the world are saying, wow, my life in IT is just fundamentally changed. I used to spend 80% of my time and money on what you might think of as drudgery of mm -hmm. installing mm -hmm. stuff. And now I can get value out of it. Of course, I've got, a, I've got new management and governance mm -hmm. challenges. The security questions and challenges are yeah. greater than ever. At least you don't have to worry about patching the servers or setting up encryption and so forth. We take care of all that. And you can use tools from us and our partners to understand what are employees doing in your organization, mm -hmm. answer all these questions. And so it's really, I think, the, a golden age for everybody in the IT business. Yeah, it's really moving your best minds from plumbing to innovation. Yeah, really absolutely. getting the business value. And for those that haven't yet taken a look at it, I mean, obviously there's the the, the hybrid SharePoint uh, study, so the research yep. that was done. So Microsoft was the lead sponsor on it. Um, Tygraph and Unlimited Viz were also one of the sponsors of that, and and did actually more than just sponsor it. You guys went and built you know the tooling that the, mm -hmm. the research team actually used in Power BI to do the deep dive and really explore the data as the survey data was coming mm -hmm. in. But some of the things that we looked at, and you mentioned it in your keynote this morning, it's a, a $10 billion ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And looking at the various public statements of the size of the space over the last couple of years, that we were able to go in and, and based on what we understand from our analysis of our survey response rate, that percentage that are using hybrid environments yeah. today and projections based on that growth uh, what we thought, and, and part of it, like we were looking at the 85 million uh, monthly active users number that came out last fall, and now Microsoft is talking about, well, we're now currently at 100 million monthly active users, so we may actually need to go and look at some of those calculations in the Power BI yeah. model and see how it changes some of those stats. But based on that, we said, well, the size of hybrid, those organizations and the partner solutions and everything around that service, the hybrid portion of that $10 billion we approximate about $3.2 billion of that. Mm. Not a small segment yeah. of the SharePoint space. And based on the, the growth trajectory, we predict $1.4 billion growth of hybrid in the next three years. And so, and we, some people have asked, like, well, what is hybrid peak? And I yeah. think, and that we're going to look at, we're going to do some analysis on this data a year from now and come back. And I think we'll be a little more confident when we see that. But I do think that we will see a peak in the next, you know, four to six years yeah. of that where those organizations move across. Because yeah. I think as innovation continues to come out and that accelerates the movement to the cloud and those things, will on-prem you know, ever go away for some organizations. Look, there's you mentioned all this this morning, I always use the example of there's people still doing COBOL out there. Yeah. Not a lot of them, but there are still systems that are, that are running COBOL out there. But that's, I mean, th those are pretty huge numbers, pretty exciting yeah. about, you know, the SharePoint is cool again, you know, conversation, um, but that it is 
well, I guess this comes to my last question here for the video portion of this, mm. you know, but is the hybrid as a strategy versus customers that feel like they've been kind of backed into a corner around that because the cool features are all coming out mobile first, cloud first. I mean, what are your thoughts on that of hybrid as a strategy? Like we're intentionally using hybrid versus yeah. what are our options because we have these you know, restrictions, we can't move everything across because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, or just the reality. Yeah, right. I think it is, I always try to be careful because I think we want to generalize to have the sound bite, but the different companies will take different paths. Right. There are definitely some companies who say where hybrid is sort of just a temporary part of their migration strategy, mm -hmm. where they say, look, I can't do this all at once. I want to sort of see how it goes, and if I get really comfortable, I'm just going to go because you're not saving me any money if I have to run 20% of right. the SharePoint sites. I only get to really save some money that I can apply to these higher value services and engaging with, you know, if I don't have to run servers at all. So there's right. there are a set of companies that are either all the way there or sort of on their way. You know, one good example, amazing company I met with in Geneva last December. 2,000 comp person company, global events around the world. So big giant companies who have these big sales training or customer conferences, very complicated, tens of millions of dollars in you know, these events, you know, high budget stuff. Each of these sort of is a many month project management thing. 2,000 people, lots of cu customers around the world, Two IT people, mm. the CIO mm -hmm. and a very smart tech and business savvy assistant. And they would, uh, whether it's us or third parties, they would buy 100% cloud and they would bring in partners wow. to set up their SharePoint intranet so they could make stamp out a new SharePoint site for one of these projects. So a company you know, like that, there are companies and even bigger versions yeah. who are saying, I just want to go all the way. Yeah. I want to live the dream. Uh, <laughs> then there's others who will say, sort of as you found in your study, there are data residency issues, legacy application issues, and perceived and real yeah. security issues right. that cause people to give people pause. And there we've tried to be very flexible, hybrid OneDrive, hybrid team sites, right. hybrid search, hybrid right auditing, hybrid taxonomy. Mm -hmm. I think people, one of the things that I hope people see that sort of gives us some credibility is we didn't just do the one hybrid feature, tick the box and say, right. ha ha, we've done hybrid. We continued in the last few, uh, few months, we've done hybrid mm -hmm. auditing and, and taxonomy, as you know. So big, mm -hmm. say a consulting firm that has developed a taxonomy where they want to stamp metadata for various lines of businesses and technical right. expertise of people right. and projects. and say they have some sites that have data residency issues that can't move to the cloud, but maybe right. they can do that in the US, that's a big step. But we will, you know, we are going to look at each of those issues and see if we can eliminate them. Right. We, I think as a community, I mean, we're trying to do the you know the exact same thing. Yeah. It's it, because it's uh, I'm out not out there as that type of consultant, you know. But you know when I talk to customers around this too, I mean the security issue, and I, I love that I use that phrase all the time: real or perceived issues around security. Mm -hmm. 
because it's, I think Microsoft has done a great job on that. Is there room to improve and documentation and sites and other things? Of course, there's always going to be more and, and those requirements as they, as they change and evolve. But to be able to go and talk with the customer when you really dive into what are the specifics of yeah. what do you have concerns about? And I always look at, there's certain things which are, it's black and white. Either there's a requirement that we have, like we're in this industry where we must have these three certifications. If Office 365 only has two of the three certifications, the answer may be, well, we're not yet ready to go because right. of this. But when you, because what most of those concerns, when you go in and really dig into it, they really kind of fall apart. It's more of the on the Pretty perceived quickly, side of that. Yeah, not all of yeah. them, but not right. There, there, is, are, there, there are there are valid there, pieces out there's there. There's more perception than reality. You know, example of a great customer of ours, Accenture, Andrew Wilson's CIO, comes out and visits us multiple times a year. Accenture, multiple hundred thousands of employees. Mm -hmm. You know, highly critical client engagements all around the world. And you know they've said you know basically you know, everybody gets OneDrive eighty percent or so I think is his estimate mm -hmm. of his IP is in the cloud. You know we have pharmaceutical companies, you know oil and gas companies like mm -hmm. Shell is a great customer of ours. So you know think about the retention policies for people drilling for oil in all sorts of locations in the world. Mm. We're sort of, is to your point, uh, going back about MMS. We're sort of ten years into this, so we've. Mm -hmm. We've had 10 years of understanding the requirements for these things and addressing them with certifications or right. auditing or reporting. And so, but that said, I think hybrid is very much where, a lot, you know, for most large organizations, going to be part of the mix for some time. Yeah, I think it's uh, so we're, again, for, based on this report, which you can find at uh, collabtalk.com. And if you go and look at the research tab on that, and you can download a free copy of that. Uh, again, Microsoft and, and Tigraph, both sponsors of that, a uh, number of other leading ISVs, and it's free, that's that's out there, freely available. But that is, I, I don't remember the exact percentage here, but it's it's like, I think the projection is by 2020, that 46% of SharePoint deployments will be hybrid environments. And so when you look at that, what does happen is the, the mm. only on-prem number drops down into the low teens. Oh yeah. So and that, I mean, I think we're all in agreement there. And, and yeah. uh, we'll, we'll share some news on some math on our side right. and at the summit in two weeks that'll show that we're at the inflection point of the S-curve and cloud right. adoption. There you go. And it was something yeah. I know that, uh, again, this is uh, you know, a little more you know, history that going back with the conversation with Julia White about that, where with the push, with the you know the all-in messaging yep. that mm -hmm. you know, Steve Ballmer did back in the day, and uh, you know, so with the conversations with Jerry Spataro and Julia White about what actually after that messaging, kind of what they saw was that some of the the rush to the all cloud, like moving the majority of production systems, was slower than what was anticipated or projected initially. Yeah. We were right but, just early, way early. Right. Yeah. But yeah. it's you know, <laughs> right. now we see you know, that all those things will accelerate yeah, because to your of your point right. about the yeah. hundred, yeah, you know, the hundred million active, not right. just licensed, but active users. We do hundreds of thousands of transactions a second right. against just SharePoint online alone. So we were overly optimistic, I would say, <laughs> yeah. but visionary and directionally the, correct. Yeah. <laughs> the reset was was fine. I think it was, uh, again, it was uh, two, uh, trying to remember how, what year it was, but it was uh, the Worldwide Partner Conference that was down in Houston yes. two times back there, where those reset numbers came in, I think, is we've been fairly consistent with that. So actually, this report, with the growth projections, the things around there, I, I don't think there were any, any surprises in that. But what it did was it, for me at least, having 
talked about hybrid SharePoint for a number of years is it put definitive numbers around some of the categories and, and gave us good insights into the areas where people have concerns so that we can go and address those things. Yeah. So, so anyway, go, you know, feel free to go pick up a copy of that. And uh, I just uh, you know, last couple of questions as we wrap up here sure. from the audio uh, perspective here. But so with the event coming up, what are your plans after the May 16th event? I mean, do you have lined up like your tour out there? No, or? actually on my you side. You kind of did that last year. <laughs> this year's a little different. This year, I, you know, I did some stop by SharePoint's out of Los Angeles in, in this event. After the May 16th event, where we'll have a, a good set of news on SharePoint and OneDrive that we're really excited about and really, really proud of, of some of the stuff that people will see. To address the feedback of sharing the roadmap before we ship, we're gonna do do that, but then we gotta go get heads down and ship. Yeah. So well, most details. of the summer, actually, yeah. I will be home in Seattle. We're making sure, however I can help the team, our attention to detail on these things is, is the highest it's ever been, whether it's performance or security or usability. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna, for until Ignite, be actually not travel, I have no travel plans other than uh, visiting our uh, one of our R&D centers between May 16th and Ignite. Yeah. After Ignite, I'm going to go to Ignite. I'll go SharePoint Saturday Oslo. So if you live in Norway, yeah. please uh, stop by that. I'm going to go to the European SharePoint Conference yep. in Dublin. We'll be there. there you go. Boy, what a, what a terrible place I to have a conference in uh, Dublin. Oh, Somebody's trying to convince me to go to a conference down in, I think it's Orlando. I'm like, Orlando, yeah, no, Dublin. I'm going to go to them mm. both. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, no, okay. I'm going to go to both Ignite and, uh. and Dublin. I will take a few months to make sure we're really f set to... Last year, we had a big night. I yeah. just talked about it in the yep. keynote. We had 60 yeah. sessions on OneDrive and SharePoint. Hashtag SharePoint was the most yeah. tweeted, uh. more than hashtag Office 365 and mm. hashtag Azure. Uh, not that I'm too competitive, but uh, I am. But you are. It's a <laughs> silly thing to obsess uh, about. Yeah. But well. we had the most attended, highest rated sessions yeah at Ignite, and so I feel really right. proud of the team who worked really hard on both the product and the sessions. We're aiming for that again, and so that's a lot yeah. of work. Well, I'll say in Chicago, at Ignite in Chicago is the same thing. If you look at the expo hall, where was the heaviest traffic? It was in, is it like all the SharePoint vendors were primarily in one space yeah. within, and you couldn't walk down the aisles. And But I think that also speaks to the kind of community that you've been able right. to build over the years. But in order to catalyze that, we have to deliver new stuff, because yeah. right. people won't want to come and see the same old stuff they saw in Chicago yeah. a couple years ago. Yeah. So this summer, we're going to be heads down That's good to uh, hear. towards well, Ignite. All I ask is that when you announce like, hey, this new feature is now ready and we're shipping, yeah. is that you do the photo op in front of the share quilt. <laughs> Sometimes. Is that, uh, just yeah. one, one of them are there. It's yeah. yeah. right there. If you've, if you've not been to uh, campus, so it's actually it's a building 34. Yes, 34. You know, so then. stop by and, and see the share yeah, quilt hanging on the wall. It's, so, uh, it's yeah. not only great for photo ops, but it also, yeah, the team has to walk by it every day. Yeah. And it's a good reminder of why we're here. We're here for our customers and our communities. Yeah. The community doesn't exist for us, it's the other way around. And having the quilt there is just a great physical, tangible reminder right. of, 
of that and how, how fortunate we are. I said, well, and I, I was telling somebody last night that uh, you know, my wife reminded me, so my wife and I have a lot of, uh, I'm a music collector, we have mm -hmm. a duffel bag filled with concert t-shirts from like the 80s and 90s and things. And there's this other duffel bag, I'm like, oh, those are the concert t-shirts. She's like, no, those are more your SharePoint shirts. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I thought I cut them all up for the quilt. And she's like, no, there's a whole other army all duffel right. bag of stuff. I'm sensing quilt too. <laughs> oh. Well, I was thinking that, no, beside the, the quilt, maybe there's, what we need is a mannequin that has the share, the share quilt cape. Ah. And we display it as a cape, and then people can come at now. Anyway, yeah. uh, maybe we can deck out the whole Avengers for the next movie, each in SharePoint uh, yeah. shirt-based costumes. I, I, I like that idea. So, well, one final question for you here, but outside of the realm of SharePoint and OneDrive and all of that, outside the SharePoint space, is there what else are you excited about personally that Microsoft is, is the technology that Microsoft's working on? I mean, there's a lot of cool innovation. It's not the whole SharePoint is cool again. It's great, but Microsoft is hip again. Yeah. yeah. The thing that is just stunning at all levels, both as a user of it, and just as I sort of had a chance to spend time with the team and learn about what it is technically is HoloLens. We did the most simplistic thing in the world is, you know, it's not the most simplistic. That's, boy, that's like Microsoft yeah. hyperbole. <laughs> a relatively <laughs> modest <laughs> investment is how most people would talk about these things to get OneDrive working on HoloLens, and we worked with the HoloLens team on 3D viewers so that you could see 3D models on your PC and, wow. and HoloLens and so forth. And the technology that to take impressions of the real world in real time, understand the physical coordinates on that, overlay a computer model, and then sort of render it back on the eye so that you you know it's a comfortable experience yeah. and give up you know building apps for these things is not like you know html where you sort of head table mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. it is pretty tricky you know 60 frames per second you know people you know the the wearer of the thing can move their head around yep. can move their arm around for gestures you have to be aware of the physical space yep. uh, we had the ar vr team come in and meet with us in the sharepoint team and you know they showed us some of the next generations of things they're doing so you can wear it and walk around in it but not mm -hmm. bang into your right. desk it's the ar side of things right yeah the yeah. tech for that you know, the experience of putting one of these things on is awesome. But then is sort of the geek in you said, says, well, explain to me how you do that. Explain yeah. to me the custom silicon you had to go build in the HoloLens for that. Explain mm -hmm. to me the programming model mm -hmm. for how you can have overlay computer-generated images on top of the real world at 60 frames per second yep. so it doesn't seem jerky. It's just... It's just really fun stuff. There was a great video. So Sean McDonough, who's one of the speakers here, um, did did some development on it. And he's he's done a number of these you know, capture videos of through his views. Yeah. He's walking around. One of the coolest things was when he first had it was he was walking through his house, and so his view, and he had Wes Preston up on a, like a Skype chat in a window. So Wes's face, so as he's walking through his house, he's dragging Wes with him. He's got him on a wall, he has him just, his face like talking. He's talking the whole time. They're having a conversation, yeah, yeah. floating in the air. And then Sean like walks around the image, comes back to it, grabs it again and moves it. Like, it was incredible. I don't know how like, I don't need that capability. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like today, but I mean that. But I think it's one of those mediums that 
people are starting to figure out what to do with these things. When the, you know, when the mouse came out and the graphical user mm -hmm. interface, I remember people saying, why do I need that? Yeah. And then they started to build applications that uh, really exploited that. It, you know, it would have been hard to build an application like PowerPoint for right. the character-based world. People kind of did with, you know, there was a product called Harvard Graphics back yeah. way in the day. Yeah. But you couldn't really imagine the web or PowerPoint or some, you know, many of the other things. And I think we're about to see in the VR, AR space a set of applications that really where that new interaction model has a lot of value. It's not right. just gratuitous. No, I mean, it was demoed two years ago at WPC was that motorcycle design on yeah. stage. I mean, it was... It was incredible, and I think even with something like uh, Julia's demo of Gig Jam, of pulling it, calling somebody in, pulling it up, asking a question, looking at it, I mean, things like that where, I mean, I don't know how you phrase, uh, you know, how, how Microsoft looks at like that, that kind of, classifies that kind of collaboration, you know, that, that, that is a very, very yeah. much V-next uh, oh, you know, yeah, for yeah. that. Our understanding of what we need and our requirements today is very two-dimensional, based on the screen, that kind of thing. And once we start adjusting to that, I think, and our our maturity level for that thing get, gets to that base level, then suddenly we start thinking in completely different ways that we just can't. I, I think that's today. absolutely right. I think Hololens is a great example. I mean, history is is uh, replete with you know, like the parachute was invented before the airplane. Right, yeah. so so now we have an opportunity with Hololens to to dream a bit, and I think uh, you know as we lay out those capabilities, you know the applications will come. And, and you'll get uh, feedback, and we'll iterate until yep. we sort of, as they say in the valley, find product market fit. But it'll come, just like each new technology. You're, I remember. You know, when people said, I don't know if this internet thing is going to take off yeah. or not. Yeah. I don't know if mobile yeah. is going to take off or not. Cloud, yeah, maybe for small... But yeah, each of these things, and I think AR, VR is the next one. If I had a we're, phone, who would I talk to? Yeah. <laughs> we're going we're gonna, to... People will try new experience, interaction models, classes yeah. of applications. Users uh, will try... Uh, you know, and it'll take a little bit of time, yeah. but it'll be... So anyway, yeah. short, yeah. short answer is HoloLens, yeah. but slightly less science fiction-y, but equally bold and innovative is go to old SharePoint, which in two weeks we will, I think, surprise people with a few things that will really take the experience to SharePoint to a level that people haven't That's seen awesome. yet. We're very excited for that. I really appreciate your time, and sure. thanks, Dean, as well, well for joining you. me here. And uh, again, you can uh, download a copy of the hybrid uh, research project that was sponsored by Microsoft and Tigraph and other ISVs and, and partners. Uh, if you go to, it's actually hybrid-sp.collabtalk.com, or you can go to collabtalk.com on the resource tab and find that as well. But Great. thanks a lot, thanks, Jens, Jeff. and we'll, we'll get back Christian, in these other Jeff. sessions. That yeah, are absolutely. Right. You've been listening to the Collab Talk podcast. You can find us online at collabtalk.com, as well as on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.